Long past the hour for quitting labour, amid the smoke-filled haze of the south gate, the after-lodge crew continues to linger in the rubbish of the temple, under the watchful eyes of right-worshipful Grand Censor Bob. Not recognised nor endorsed by any grand or subordinate lodge of regular masons, irregular masons, co-masons, Canadian masons, or internet wannabe masons, they banter on as always. Puffing cigars, drinking stale coffee, making terrible jokes, studying agency law, spreading the intemperance and excesses of digital masonry, and generally disappointing all seven of their podcast subscribers. Do yourself a favor and stop listening now. Only trolls and masochists dare to eavesdrop upon this after-lodge banter. Episode 134 of the After Lodge podcast on a uh, second take, thanks to some Windows 10 forced updates that gave me no option or prompt. We were recording and then my machine just started installing updates. Uh, this is the kind of stuff that made me a Linux guy in the beginning. Thanks, Windows. But the uh, business world has to, uh, has to be fixated on Microsoft technology. Anyway, uh, I'm joined this morning. By uh, worshipless producer Bruce, gentlemen, and our uh, Reverend brother Chaplin. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. What's up, Tony? Uh, it's been an awesome week. So, I was trying to decide before we started if we should just like do the show and just not mention that Jason's not here, and then see if anyone notices. Yeah. Uh, but after last, Jason is is out on uh, sick leave today. Even though we sent him the memo that we don't have a sick leave policy. Uh, we'll have to figure out what to do about this insurrection of his just leaving. Like, he was here this morning. You know? Yeah, no, he, but, he showed up just long enough to say that he didn't stand. I'll do the show, yeah, bye. Might nice of him. It's like a call-in, but like a drive-in. Go home and go back to bed. So yeah, we're, uh, we're having some fun with it. I don't uh, think you should mention his name, because every time you mention his name, uh, a uh, junkie gets its sticks. So, <laughs> so we're... we're uh, Rocking out to some uh, some Jason style music, and uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. Uh, yeah, so uh, I don't I don't know what you guys are, are doing. So, uh, uh, how was your week, Harlan? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Thought we could just skip that whole hey, segment. Uh, this is uh, it's going to be good. How was your week, Harlan? It was long. There was a lot of work involved. I uh, yeah. Lots of work. Tell us about the work. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, we what, talked about this before the show. So I decided that uh, after talking with Ask Producer Marshall for a while and doing some data analytics and so on, that I was going to give this whole uh, ride-sharing thing a try uh, for Uber. So Friday night and last night, I was out from, uh, I was, uh, I guess it was midnight to four-something on Friday, and then uh, 
Last night I got out early, about nine nine thirty till around two. Those have um, got to be the best hours for Uber in this. City. It does. It it is. It definitely is. That's why I. Uh, that's why I picked them. So the verdict is still out on whether or not it's something I want to keep doing, uh, because it, it's not bad work. Um, you know, I like driving. I like our town. I like people sometimes. You don't like people. So. Come on. Now, you get an upcharge, you too, know, don't you? You say that. You like money. You say that. but like people hey, with money. Consistent. Those are the only people you like. Consistent five-star <laughs> ratings after 20-something drives. Well, yeah. Five stars the across the board. Kiss their ass. Uh, so, it's it's working out. Um, except for the money thing. Well, like the money's you, not Don't really you get an great, upcharge? So. Because, like, like if you show up in a Pinto, a Ford seventy two Ford Pinto, you charge yes. so much. So and no, then, I, and I do, car, but you not get yet. An so there's a different program with Uber. Uh, they have the Uber Select yeah. thing, which I will do. But you have to have so many rides under your belt and you still have that five star rating. Uh, so you're kind of in a probationary period yes. right now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I ended up all over the town. Well, how, a lot of interesting people. Is there people that just can't hack it as a Uber? Oh, get it hack. That's a slang term for a taxi driver a hack are the people that just can't hack it you didn't know that Mm-mm. No. really a hack a hack is a is a slang term for a taxi cab driver really and so when I said are there Never some people that, that just it, it's a real thing when I said there's some people that just can't hack it see that was really good and you all uh-huh. yeah. Harlem will you insert some laughter when oh yeah when yeah we have that applause clip yes. with the yeah uh, what like, I mean, wouldn't Harlan be the hack, though? Since he's, like, now the amateur taxi driver. Like, the taxi drivers are the professionals now. And he's then, like, a, the Uber and Lyft drivers are the He's an EA taxi driver at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so, well... He has yet to pay his dues. Yeah, I, I did all of this, really, because the money's not that great. Or at least it wasn't this weekend. Oh, come on. You told me what you um, paid. That's pretty good. I'm going that's to... Well, that's good for 90... After, after you pay... Well, but after Uber, Uber takes twenty five percent of it, and like then they double. Minutes. But you got to pay like taxes 90. and social security on that, okay. and you've got your fuel and maintenance and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. government, stupid government, yeah. taking my money. Uh, we'll we'll see how the numbers shake out. I'm going to probably do this next weekend, and then Didn't take up making that lawyer. Why does the government get money on that? If you're the taxi, if you're you're using your car, your gas, your insurance, you're driving everything. Where, how does the government it's still? In so in this particular case, Tony, I'm making that money because I'm driving on state roads everywhere. So, so you didn't build that yourself. Okay. I most certainly did not. I paid my share to have it built. You pay for driving on the state roads and your yeah. gas tax though. That's true. That's what if true. you're just driving on Why local roads? For it twice? Just take the surface roads and you just have city taxes. You don't have to pay federal. Well, state tax still applies to gas, doesn't it? Doesn't gas have a yes. state tax? Yeah. But, that, but, that's, but that's not an income tax. That's a, You pay that state tax every time you buy yeah, a gallon of gas. Which, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I, he, I don't know. You shouldn't have to uh, now, as a driver, you're kind of working as a let's say um, an agent. Oh man, I was going to say. That. Oh, were you? Yeah. No. <laughs> For Uber. no, they've made that very clear. So you are you are an independent business entity. All that Uber does is refer you rides, which is part of my beef with the twenty five percent fee. If they say all we're doing is providing you with like contact to the people who want a ride somewhere. That's, That's for the infrastructure they've already put up. There's a lot yeah, of work. No, that. I'm a I'm a systems developer from a former life. I I know what's involved with that, and it's very expensive. But 
there there's a reason that they are like a hot shot I mean, it's, market it, commodity. It's brilliant though because they don't have to do like anything now. The system's no. all set up and they just sit yeah. back and take the money. You should start up your own app it's and call system. it, and you could call it like maybe. I'm gonna get a hold of maybe, and <laughs> you might have a driver show up. You might not. Uh, uh, who'd you call? Maybe. I thought about like uh, you getting a ride home. Maybe. Thought about like combining the the Uber and like the escort service thing. Mm-hmm. So it's there uh, you go. not only does she get come to you, you but like she she'll take she you home. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's uh so you could have that awkward silence in the in the car all the way back to wherever it is. <laughs> Two rides for the price of one. Now, now they know where uh, you live. <laughs> yeah. But really, I, I did all this and I got excited thinking that I could, uh, another podcast I used to listen to was about some delivery guys, and I thought I could get on that show, but mm. then it turns out that they're not doing that show anymore. Because, yeah, kind of, yeah. I mean, in a way, in way. a way, I'm, I'm trying to get a little bit of taste of, of like what Bruce does every day with picking up packages and taking them to their appropriate I mean, destination what and, what and dropping them this, off. What if you took this one step further and you had Uber Confessions? You know they had that show Taxi Cab Confess. Mm-hmm. You could yeah. have Uber. Did he you have? Did a you lot of cameras in his car? Yeah. Did you pick up anybody that? Is there oh, yeah. a uh, is there a rule specifically prohibiting you from recording the inside of your car while you're so there's in not in the course of that there's not but uh, I mean the user ratings are everything and so you tend well, to you avoid doing them. things that are going to piss people off or whatever. No, I did get a, a few Gary Johnson converts just through conversation. Nice. Um, Closest thing I had to a confession was uh, I, I picked up I picked up an escort uh, from her hotel or her her client's hotel because mm-hmm. uh, I kind of put the pieces together when I picked up this this very attractive Russian lady from a hotel who wasn't going to another she was going home like ten miles away at three in the morning and it wasn't like this super nice hotel where there was like a party or something going on it was like one of those places where you like crash for yeah so i kind of kind of chuckled about that after i dropped her off Hmm. and she was real she wanted to chat but she was real dodgy about like she's like well i'm just taking some time off from school and you know just uh doing what i can do to make ends meet yep uh me too let's uh I'm not going to press you any further about that. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. so if you want to not pick, have to pay for this ride, maybe we yeah. can work something out then. No, so no, no. If you pick up, exactly, if you pick up an escort, mm-hmm. and, you, and you're escorting her, and you trade services <laughs> for the ride, oh. cheeseburgers yeah. for the ride, Yeah. how do you give Uber 20% yeah, that's not, of that? Well, that's what I was saying, is <laughs> that's not going to work. a slice of cheese. <laughs> because, because it was through Uber, like, they handle all the payment stuff, so, like, well, she like she had already she'd already paid for it. Or you couldn't cancel it. I guess I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think that. How that are you way. not working out the logistics for this in your head as it's happening? Because I'm married with children. Don't they get a picture? Of, <laughs> don't, don't they get a picture of you? Like when you take an Uber, don't you get a picture of your driver and the, yes. what type of car and stuff? Yeah. Okay. I'm just thinking, like if, if I was an Uber driver. <laughs> Mm. Nope, nope. It'd be like, is that that Tinder? <laughs> that app? Nope, nope. It's a nope. picture of Tony oh, in his hat. This one's not too bad. This, yeah. is, this one's not too bad. It's in his fair yeah. director hat. Uh, I'll be I, sitting there idling in my car. Just why am I not getting any rides? <laughs> yeah, that never happened. I I don't think I had more than five minutes of, uh, of that going on. Oh. Well, except there were there were a few times where I'd 
take someone home and they were like way out in like just a purely residential part of town and I knew that nobody was going to be hailing a ride from there so I'd have to drive back to where like the bars were so but as far as just sitting in my car like not driving with a purpose it may have been never more than five minutes at a time I mean you must be making okay money if you can afford to be picky in, in that regard uh well no I it's just gaming the system like I I have a very good idea of how it all works so I put myself in positions where I'm going to to not have downtime like it, it's could so we, could we use this in the Masonic way in other words say you have a fellow that needs a ride to lodge yeah. and the lodge would just say okay well we'll yes. have an Uber pick you up oh and no that, you and you can get a guy to that way. You don't have to go out of your way, but you're still kind of fulfilling your duties of picking up the old you fellow. That definitely could, and Uber fares are cheap that's... enough that, like, if the guy lives nearby, I never thought about that. Except the one guy I'm thinking of that always needs a ride, you'd have to request an Uber with like a wheelchair thing and mm. or, or a place to keep a, a wheelchair. Still, that's not a bad idea. That's yeah. a that's something a lodge could offer as a service, and you could probably make that back in just the collection thing at the meeting because it's. If they're just a few miles away, I mean, you're, it's less than ten dollars, and because hmm. there's times after lodge, like, I picked up people and I need to take this fella back home, and he's ready to go home, but I'm not ready to go home. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll call him an Uber, and we'll get him a ride home, and I can stay at lodge later. That is fantastic. Why did I ever think of this? Other than like Uber's new to our town, well, not that new. It's been around for a few years, a couple of years, I think. Huh, that would work. If that, we just thought of a way to adapt. We did. Like we did. Um, also learned that the uh, the cops really love uh, that you're out there, and the cabbies really don't. So I got waves from the cops and honks from the cabbies. How did they know you're an Uber driver? Well, you have a you have trade dress like in the there's a sticker in my windshield in the front of the car. Uh, you have to have that here in our town. So like I would go to the. Uh, to like the big place downtown like that street that mm-hmm. like everybody's going to and so you're going Bar through the line that. to drop people off and one time i went through there and there was a cop that was checking like all of the carriers paperwork so i got up and he was like hey can i see your your uber papers and stuff because you, you carry that stuff like there's mm-hmm. insurance certificates they give you and so on mm-hmm. and i guess they're just making sure because you could just put like an uber sticker on your car or like a taxi sign and you could wait out there and like these drunken 19 year old girls would just uh, you my uber driver yes and then they hop in and and off you go so the police sometimes like check that stuff so he checked it and i'm expecting him to give me grief or whatever because i've heard about all the controversies with uber in our town in particular it's in every town but then he handed it back and he said all right well you're good to go thanks for keeping everyone safe out here Hmm. And sent me on my way, and then like I had a couple other encounters with cops, like when I was dropping someone off, and uh, they they were all like really happy that Uber's out there. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I can't see why. And so I, I think would be wouldn't that cut into income into city income as far as yeah the city drive, wants income from like drivers. parking and speeding tickets, yeah, not DUIs. They right okay. That's not worth it. And the fines for that don't justify the risk. It's Now, your insurance, do you have to let your insurance company yeah. know you're doing this? I had to work out a special endorsement on my policy with my insurance carrier. but you have to pay extra for that? Uh, I didn't, but uh, just because I've been with that company so long and I've got the, the spotless driving record and I have so many other policies with them. And I talked to my agent and he was like, yeah, it's no problem. We'll get it on there. 
because they're not actually affording me any extra <coughs> coverage. So as soon as I turn on the Uber app, like you, right, my like insurance, my insurance coverage stops. Like my personal policy just cuts off as soon as I turn the app on. But then Uber has three different policies that they provide you. So I've got these three different insurance certificates. So there's one if you're on your way to get somebody that's, like, decent, and they try to match what your personal coverage provides. Okay. Then there's a second policy when you have passengers in your car, which that one's, like, the big one. That one's, like, multi-million dollar, like, commercial liability policy that pays for, like, everything imaginable. And then as soon as you drop them off, you go to Uber's third policy, which is very, very minimal. Like, it's just state minimum coverage. And that covers, what, just hanging out? or Yeah, so the idea is that you don't want to be driving so much if you're not on your way to get somebody or have somebody in your car because the insurance coverage is less than what I carry personally. But it's still there. Like, I'm still covered to state law requirements and so on. So is that something you have to pay them extra for? Is that no, included? That's part of what that twenty five percent is. Is their insurance coverage? Um, so yeah. if you got in an accident in any of those three, whatever divisions, or yeah. your insurance would have absolutely nothing to do with it. Right, but so Uber requires that you file it through your insurance first, and they have to deny the claim before their stuff kicks in. And that's where a lot of people get into trouble because they didn't tell their insurance company they were doing this, and most insurance companies are not okay with this. So not only are they going to deny the claim, but they're going to cancel your policy, and you're going to go on some blacklist with like other insurance carriers, and uh, that that causes some problems for for people who get into accidents. It's happened in other places. I've never heard of it here, uh, but uh, I have, and they are probably one of the most like rideshare friendly technologically friendly companies out yeah. there so uh but being being an attorney like i freaked out and like had to get all of that squared away before i ever downloaded the app uh, i think that speaks more to your uh, ocd than your well yeah it would be attorney. all fun and games till some drunk guy like hit me because that's the other thing i learned is how many drunk people are on the road in our town at that hour of the day on a Friday and Saturday. Well, tell the uh, tell the story about how you had to get mad, because I like... Oh, that was the only, yeah, that's the only bad experience that I've I've ever had. Yeah, right? Uh, Like, 20-something rides, it was all just fine. I mean, some people were drunk and obnoxious, but you expect that. Like, you're just getting them home safely. Like, it's... But there were these kids, and I'm calling them kids. They're less than 10 years younger than me. Like, they're, like, college kids, like, 21, 22. So I pick them up, and there's four of them. And so three of them get in the back, one of them gets in the front. And then this fifth girl, like, tries to lay across the back seat, like, on everyone else's laps. And I was like, no, we're we're not doing this. Like, you're going to have to wait here, or somebody can wait with you. You can hail another Uber. I can come back and get you. Mm -hmm. But we're not doing this. Because uh, there are cops everywhere, and I'm not paying a ticket for whatever pittance of a fare that you're paying to go two miles to the big bar district. So then uh, this guy, I guess, is real familiar with Uber, and he's like, yeah, but if we don't all get there at the same time, I'm going to leave you a one-star rating. Mm-hmm. Which on Uber, if you drop below, like, a 4.6, like, the app cuts you off. And they know that drivers are, like, real concerned about ratings. Right. So I... uh after he said that, I don't know, my vision went a little bit red because I'd been driving for a while and I was tired. So I just reached over and canceled the trip uh, and then said, sorry, there's no trip to rate now. Now get out of my car. And uh, <laughs> and then I got a, a 
contact from an Uber rep about an hour later asking why I canceled a fare that I, the app said I had picked up and told him what happened. He said okay, and then later when I was looking through my, my trip log, like that whole trip was just gone. Took care of it. So, uh, yeah. I feel like Uber would want you to have broken the law and taken the risk to make customers happy, but... Say that. Uh, yeah, I'm not doing this you for can't my. Ask him that. I'm not doing this for my livelihood. It's it's extra cash to to help, you know, knock out student loans faster or buy my wife something nice or whatever. It's so I don't have a pressure to to get myself in trouble for Fear a few extra dollars, as, as they call it. Yeah. So uh, it it's been it's been interesting. I'm probably gonna do it again next week and then see how it goes. But uh, as producer Marshall does it a lot and he does really well at it. Um, he's got all the pro tips because he's been doing it for a while. I'm sure he's had to kick a few people out. That's why he uh, doesn't stick around for after Lodge anymore because when Lodge is over and whatnot, he sits around for a little bit and then he's out heading downtown to uh, golden to go make some money. I tried uh, I tried joining Tony, but they won't let you uh, they won't let you drive people if your car only has two doors. Yes, <laughs> yeah, you have to have a. No, I'm four serious. Door. That's a, that's a real thing. So I'm going to start my own version. Uh, I haven't decided what it's going to be called yet, but you can only take between one and three people. Your car has to be a coupe, and we will get you there in half the time. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a setup for uh, for all kinds of legal trouble. <laughs> it's all under the table. Huh? We're going to work by direct contact. Yeah. Uh, well, Bruce, what'd you also do? So everybody, say hello to uh, say hello to, to brother Cubed, I guess. What yeah. up, homie? I'm in some pain. What's gonna happen if our other brother ever joins this lodge since he's older than you? I don't know. Are we gonna have to switch titles and he's gonna be we brother Cubed there, and you'll be number four or what's, or what's the fourth version? Like you got squared and cubed. What's four? It's just quad, just brother to quad. the fourth power. The fourth power. You just be brother four, I think, at that point. Mm, I don't see. We can't have that. Hmm. I don't think we can. Right. No. Surgery All right, I so uh, so my other brother's getting blackballed because we don't have a nickname for him. That's uh, that's that's what I'm, I'm hearing from all this. We can come up with something. There, there's got to be a word for that. <laughs> something to the fourth power. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I'm trying to figure out since he's older, would would Sam still be brother cubed or would he become number four? No, Sam would still be cubed. Okay, because he was here first. Yeah. There. Okay, I got it. So you were forever brother cubed. Okay. That is a title you will have to the day you die. Got it. So you're still hurting? Uh, Brother Cube just, uh, I don't want to violate any HIPAA regulations here, but Brother Cube just had a smaller Brother Cube cut off his rear end. So <laughs> What? Um, he, 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 he got sliced and diced this week. They had a yeah, they had more than what they thought. Had a surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so get home and get some rest then. We'll lecture, uh, we'll lecture later. Okay. How about you, Bruce? Oh, yes, she'll be okay. How was your week? Right. Uh, pretty normal week. I, I, like I said, I got turned down from Uber, so that kind of sucked. Uh, it has been incredibly hot this week. Oh, it has been. And, you know, I work outside a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of physical work. I have a lamp. Run up and down. It's the stairs. So I've, I've sweat a bunch. That's, that's pretty much all I'm I do. always leave it. Mm-hmm. Yes, just buy my awesome. stuff out awesome. there. The car How about you? This sounds like an NPR broadcast, by the way. Right. This is really going NPR. It does. Uh, I'll just uh, wait till uh, you hear our uh, special <laughs> guest caller. I'm sorry. Um, I'm so damn boring. I, I didn't. I didn't think Jason was good, wasn't going to be here today. Okay. I yeah. that. I would Another have got junkie just got his fix. Don't mention the name. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't. <laughs> 
So we have a special guest caller, uh, Mr. Bill Schnobeline, uh, <laughs> on the line. I thought we could only get him on email. Yeah. I didn't know he called. So, Tony, you, uh, I hear you're starting a, a new job here soon uh, in the uh, advising space. I, uh, I got a call this week uh, as a, uh, for a major campaign. Uh, I'm not going to mention any names right now. It's not Gary Johnson? No, a major campaign. Oh, you're such an ass. <laughs> nice! Hey, uh, I don't know if you've seen the polls. That is a major campaign right now. In one state, he's up to like 15%. So, oh, I think hey, that's, hey, that's pretty awesome. No, he's that's that's across that's like 23 or 24 yeah, somewhere. That's a, that that really one state you're looking Utah. at is... Utah. He's like three that's or four points short of, uh, of Trump. In, yeah. in the Southwest, he's the lead candidate in some polls. I'm talking nationwide is where you're getting your 15% number. That's He's like Ross Perot version 2 at this point. Like It's really messing up the numbers. So is he, um, he going to take votes from... Who's he going to take votes from? Both, I, I would hope. Mm. This is a weird, weird year. I... Uh, I really don't know which way. We I'm say this every four years. Stuff up so much. No, that dude, him coming in changed a lot of stuff. I mean, ultimately it didn't, of course. But you talking about Gary coming in? No, Bernie. I was going to say because Gary comes in like every year. This is his Mark, sixth he's, election he's or something. Slowly this climbing. This is every his year he second. Gets a little more things. steam. But um, Mark Twain, that uh, wise wise brother. Mm-hmm. Said that if voting made one damn bit of difference, they wouldn't let us do it. So, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter how much support Gary Johnson gets until we get rid of first past the post. It's not going to make a difference. Anyway, I got a call this week. Uh, they need some spiritual guidance on one of the major campaigns, and so I'm thinking about <laughs> signing up uh, and uh, becoming the spiritual leader for mm-hmm. the campaign. What I did is, uh, I, I, Joe Osteen, I, I downloaded a lot of his uh, sermons, and I've just changed a few words around, and I'm going to be using his sermons. And I, I'm it, hoping nobody will catch that. Is that the one that has the uh, $600 million mansion or whatever? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I hear, uh, Prosperity. I'm a, I'm a fan of his. Prosperity. I hear that campaign is really big on, uh, on uh, utilizing prior art uh, <laughs> in the speech arena, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it'll be... It'll you be know, good. but who hasn't done that? Who who hasn't... Joe Biden's never done that. There's nobody... <laughs> Here, here's what... I posted a thing on Facebook last week, and it was this really nice, real, well-written post that I did, and it was talking about how uh, all candidates do that. You know, they, they, they crib and plagiarize other mm-hmm. candidates. And what I did is the post that I posted was actually a cut and paste from an article that I read. And I was waiting on somebody to call me out. Nope. And, so nobody, and everybody was agreeing and going off. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm waiting if on I, somebody to call me out. If I had been on Facebook, I probably would have just to, I would have posted a picture of, of Mrs. Trump just like as the comment. It's just a picture of her. But the, the real question there is not why did her speechwriters plagiarize speeches or whatever the, the the question is why was she on stage and talking because look at her look at her because that's that, why. but that's, that's what why. i'm but no that's what i'm getting at she is i i really don't think she is a a a, a jackie kennedy nancy reagan laura barbara bush even hillary clinton or michelle obama type like those strong like first ladies that we tend to have she's more of the hold hold 
Trump's arm and smile for pictures type asset, not a get on stage and talk asset. It's she's no I mean, Eleanor let, Roosevelt. Well, uh, let's right. you got to call a spade a spade. Like <laughs> that's, a, that's an understatement. <laughs> Mr. Trump is not married to someone that much younger than him that looks like that because he values her political input and and leadership capacity. It's at some point you got to call that what it is. And there's nothing wrong with that. You don't like, know it's that. Just, you don't. You don't know that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we we all know yeah. that. There's a lot of stuff in life that I don't know, Tony. That yeah. doesn't mean so, I don't know it. So because all my life I, I've heard all this thing about you know money's not the most important thing and don't get hung up on money and so on so on so forth. And then you see something where you look at Donald Trump and then you look at her and then you think. I've been lied to my whole life. Money is absolutely everything. The older I get, the more I realize that, that a lot of that stuff that they push, you know, about success is having friends, and success isn't about money. That is rich people telling you this so you won't try to take their money. Yeah, so That's that you exactly won't uh, what, have the French Revolution all over again. Right, yeah. yeah. Yes. It's it's kind of like the redneck culture. Keep us all rednecks. Value uh, hard work and, and ethics and all of that. Yeah. Don't be lazy. Don't be, you know, get out there and work hard, and that's the that's the American dream. Just don't take my money. That's mm. that's kind of. Now, is that part of your Joel Olstein pitch, or is that? Uh... Um, I haven't actually read the speeches yet. I just did a bunch <laughs> of <laughs> downloading them, and so, I'm going to change a few words in there. God and, needs uh, Donald Trump to run this country. So if you donate money to the Trump campaign, he will pay you back sevenfold. He that, being God, not Donald Trump, of course. That, that may work. That there may there work. you go. Still a capital H. But I, 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 <laughs> I got in trouble because I, I tried to stay up and watch everything going on at the convention. And some of that, some of those nights went pretty late. And guys like me got to get up and go to work the next morning. And that, that was, yeah, that why, was why rough. Would you, why would you do that? Uh, I want to know what they had to say. I wanted to find. I want to be a well-educated voter. Yeah. You know? So. The best way to do that is every resource but the news. That's uh, well. I thought at the convention I'd, I'd, I'd get it the the unvarnished truth is no, what I was looking no, for. So. No, no. The convention's still uh, Mr. Trump playing up to the Republican base. It's a lot of varnish. He can't be him because he would never make it in the Republican Party. It's actually mm-hmm. like almost all varnish. Yeah, yeah it, 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 it like spray tan varnish. Yeah, that's. It's his, a, uh, actually literal varnish. His his deep south redneck spray tan, <laughs> like 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 the racism and the xenophobia and all the other stuff that that lately he gets accused of. That's all just part of his spray tan. He's not that guy. Like you can look back at Donald Trump for the past twenty years. He is not any of those things. He is doing that to pander to the people who will vote well, for yeah, him. Well, yeah, that thing he said uh, twenty years ago is is popping back up now about how if he ever ran, ran he'd have to be a Democrat. Yeah, no Republican because. Oh, well, the first one he did an interview with uh, some magazine, and we're going to make some people he, mad. He here. said they we're, were stupid. Uh-huh. No, this is a direct quote from him. He said, it "If is I ever ran quote. for president, I'd run Republican because they're stupid and they'll believe whatever they hear on Fox News." <laughs> you just lost half our listeners right there. That's it's not my quote; it's his quote. Yeah, yeah, but still, you don't you don't actually quote him verbatim. You 
you got to change it no, up we, a little bit to we, make this, it. This is the After Lodge experience. Why not? And that's, so that's what the campaign does. we sit around After Lodge, and sometimes we'll have these discussions and ask Producer Marshall. We'll start flipping tables and ask uh, Worshipless Producer Bruce why he hates America and wants the terrorists it, it, to win. It really is that. See, I'm, I'm more in the middle unless Marshall's around. If Marshall's around, like, the, the closer Marshall is to me, the more true. left I am. I do, that, I do that with your son. Like, the more he's around, <laughs> the more, like, Rush Limbaugh I become right. just because. Right, right, right. I'm finding with my kids that I'm becoming Glenn Beck and Rush Limbaugh. And oh, your kids! Your kids went. I don't know what you did to them. They are out there, Tony. They Bernie Sanders was too conservative for your daughter. Like it's wow. I raised them to not be bullies, but to take up for people that are being bullied. When I was little, I got bullied, and that's a that's a thing that's close to me. Um, I, I know. I'm How you're like eight feet tall? I'm a big guy now, but at one time, growing up from the wrong side of the tracks and that type of stuff. I, I didn't wear the right clothes. I didn't have the right friends. And I was always kind of on the fringes. Yeah, you and me both, buddy. Yeah, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. High water pants and from so the AV. when my and, yeah, kids yeah. would come home, I'm, they came home one time, they said something about these poor people that were in their class. And I listened to them for a little bit, and I stopped them, and I said, no, and you do not, you take up for the people that can't take up for themselves. And right. I, and I kind of instilled that in them. I never really meant for it to go quite as far as it went. I'm proud of them. Don't get me wrong. I'm proud of the, 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 the people they are. But you also have to know that, guys, if you're if you're going to vote for Trump, God bless you, and, and, and I wish you well. If you're going to vote for Hillary, God bless you, and I wish you well. When the election is over... If you're going to vote for Gary Johnson, thank you. Yeah. When the election is <laughs> over, every single one of us are going to do the same thing we did the day before the election. We're going to get up, go to work, mm-hmm. and do our thing. It's not going to make... If, if you're nothing's going. And nothing's going to change. It's not, if you're very, very poor or very, very rich, the the election might mean something to you. But for the average, for the 90% of us out there, it doesn't, it's not that big a deal. I hate to say that. It's not. It's a sports contest at this point. It's the red versus blue thing. Exactly. Exactly. I've said that. Do you feel the same way uh, if if Bernie would have won? Yes. 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 Okay. Burning. Or even if Gary Johnson, through some miracle, won, I still feel like the next four years would be just the same as the past four years, and that's that's just the nature of our federal we've, system. We've talked about Trump, we've talked about Hillary, we've talked about Bernie, we've talked about Gary Johnson so far. They are the figurehead at the top of the government. They can do some a few things, and they can try to set the tone, but we haven't mentioned anything about Congress. And I guarantee you, it's always happened... 98% of those people in Congress are going to get reelected. That's where the money's spent. You know, we're going to blame the president, whoever he is, mm-hmm. on the debt and on all this stuff. The Congress spends the money. Right. The Congress now, passes you know, the laws. The Congress does I came this. to a realization this weekend that, that kind of shocked me because I was, I was having a political chat with my wife. Uh, she's finally going through her grief counseling and whatnot over Bernie Sanders, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's been deep. Therapists are expensive. But... Uh, just through this this dinner time discussion we had, I started looking back on the Clinton years. He was he was a damn good president. Yeah, like uh, I agree. Like uh, there's I, things, but there's here's the problem. There's thing, but there's things he did that I don't like. Well, there's a lot of things he did I don't like. I mean, it, I'm a big Second Amendment guy, and he, there was that assault weapons thing he championed, and his wife was on the national health care bandwagon, and it, th- there was a lot of that stuff. And then there was the whole Lewinsky thing. But I'm just talking like what you were talking about with Congress being in control of everything, and 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 uh, he did like a really good job of of taming 
the legislature and keeping everybody together like even even in the midst of of like the whole Lewinsky scandal towards the end because yeah. he, he's the kind of guy who could go to like the real prestigious Ivy League country club type environment and and people be drinking fine wines or whatever with him and having a good time and, and joking with expensive cigars that guy could then go back to Arkansas or somewhere in some hole in the wall bar in a blue collar town right, right. and just be buddies with those guys too. Yeah. And somehow that persona made it possible, like foreign relations. His nickname was the, Bubba. The, so yeah, dealing <laughs> with Congress, uh, dealing with with the Supreme Court. I just never really thought because I was I was young when when Clinton was president. <laughs> was, but looking back at the historical record, I'm like he he was very he good was, at keeping everybody amicable. Yes. Yes, and it I I didn't like a lot of Clinton policies and so on. I mean, being a libertarian, of course, I'm not. But the the way that he managed as a statesman is something I miss. And and I was a kid when it happened. But like I'm looking back, like can we get someone else like that? Like someone that that uh, never mind the whole thing with Ross Perot and like the shady thing with his daughter's wedding that we're all pretty sure Bill Clinton like orchestrated and all the shady dealings with the Clinton Foundation. But just just as him as a statesman, like can we get more statesmen like that? To run for president. It's very similar, Tony, to... Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, did you have something to say? I do, to, but go ahead. To my first year here, um, after I was raised in Harlan was master, and, you know, everything was done right, grand smooth, and mm-hmm. I was like, hey, this is a lodge I could get into. You know, it's a good group of guys. Everybody knows what they're doing. Everybody's doing good work. And then he stepped out of the chair, and it all fell apart, and I'm like, oh, this is how it is. I feel like you're, <laughs> you're buttering me up for something. <laughs> the scariest part of this week, to me... I was watching the convention. I, was, I watched a big part of it, listened to the speeches, read the background. Was when the group, uh, uh, when the crowd was hot, was chanting, lock her up, lock her up. Yeah. You know what? Whether you think she be, should be locked up or not, that's it, a dangerous road for us to go down. Yeah. And as Masons, I, it worries me. When you start talking about locking up your political opponents, you don't do, I mean, because you don't like them, and so we're going to lock them up so we don't have that dissenting voice out there, We whether you're no. for you or not for you, you no, don't lock it, up your it, political you, opponents. You now we're into a dictatorship. If Hillary Clinton into, went to jail, you'd have Bernie Sanders. Which, if you're Donald Trump, that's a very bad thing to have. Mm. He wants Hillary. He needs Hillary. Because right. if it had been Sanders, <clears throat> he'd be toast. Yeah, he can beat Hillary. Yeah, maybe we'll it see. Just scares me when he you has start a chance to be locking up yeah. political opponents. That's what well, kings used to do. Dictators uh, do. Is well, they lock up okay, political but, opponents. But we should not be scared just because they're political yeah. opponents. She's done a lot of stuff. She's that, never. Here's that the here's we the deal. Don't have the full information. About. I believe and what in the rules. Me more about that than anything is that they're keeping. I believe all in that, the rule of law, and so far she has not been indicted. She has not been. Found guilty. There's like a there's because a of prosecutorial oh, discretion. Found guilty when they throw it all out. Yeah, it was a republic. She went through like six or seven different Benghazi Republican investigations, and the Republicans okay, and never found anything against her. But they, you throw this out, you make accusations, accusations, whether it's against Hillary or whoever. You make these accusations just because you accuse somebody or something doesn't mean Reverend, they're actually guilty. Okay, Reverend, but if it was you, you they should not go to trial. If, if no, it should if, go to when trial. It's very clear that it yes. should go to trial. And it, and when the FBI okay, said, "Hey, we, had, we didn't find any," right? They, they didn't the say says, we didn't find and anything. And everybody from now on is going to be like, "Well, she wasn't guilty of anything." Huh? The, because the, she wasn't. The director there was nothing here that she should be locked up over. And then everybody says, "No, no we got to lock her no, up." No, the director, 
director. And the so director sat down and laid out the prima facie case for criminal negligence, and then said, "I don't recommend that, that any reasonable prosecutor would would press these charges because they wouldn't get a conviction." No, no, because it's it's a presidential candidate, and he steers clear of the politics, and because they probably got some kind of dirt on him at the Clinton Foundation. If it was you that had done this. You'd be in jail for a long time and already been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. If it was anybody else whose last name wasn't Clinton, that's what everyone's so bent out of shape about is this, like, privilege amongst the elite. Because there's a lot of Department of Defense personnel who are in jail for doing far, far less than this. Well, So, so let me ask you a hypothetical question, Arlen. If it had been somebody who wasn't Hillary, if it had been a person who didn't have a Bill Clinton backing them in this time, do you, do you think something would have happened? I, or, or do you think it's well, more maybe, but it, it still wouldn't. It still wouldn't have been what it should have been. For instance, uh, uh, General Petraeus, like, got off with. It, it was still pretty severe. He yeah. got a dishonorable discharge, lost his pension, and all that. If it if he wasn't a general and and so politically well connected, he'd be in jail. Yeah. Like, the Republicans don't want to talk about that because he's one of their guys, but. My issue with all of this is all of these people who aren't in jail when they're part of the privileged elite, but if it was me or you as a CIA analyst, we'd, we'd have been toast in Well, that, that leads me to another thing ago. that really bothers me right now is hero worship. We've got to be yes. careful about that. And right now, because Donald Trump is the Republican nominee, okay, there's no secret I'm a Democrat, but there's things that Donald says that I'm like, you know what? I can kind of go with that. I, I, I like what he says on this item, but I don't like what he says on this. Well, you can't do that. You have to be either all in or, or totally against. There's there's no levels of... And we do the same thing in Lodge. We do the same thing in Lodge. Mm-hmm. If there's a grandmaster that's doing something, but oh, for the most part, you agree with him. But I, I don't like this thing he does. Well, all of a sudden, everybody thinks you're against this guy. No, I'm not yeah. against the guy. He's right. doing. Right. I'm not against him, but we've got to be able to hold people... To standards, we got we got to be able to hold them accountable, but it doesn't mean we have to totally hate the yeah. people. And we right now we have to hate each other, and I, I mean, do not like having to hate each other. When I, I was in Oompa Loompa, I got the uh, the soap and sock treatment a few times for, exactly. for questioning the Grand Master. So, yeah, but but you don't have to fall in lockstep with your leaders. That is a dangerous road to go down. As Masons, we're supposed to question. We're supposed to take the higher road. And so there's things I like about Donald. There's things I don't like. There's things, you know, Hillary says some things, but I, there's a lot of things about Hillary I don't like. So, yeah. and I just love Gary Johnson, though. Gary Johnson, he's never said anything wrong. Right. No, he yeah. absolutely has. Absolutely he has, but that doesn't mean I don't like the guy. Right. You know, when, when, did, we have to, when did we have to become that we had to worship whatever hero, whoever yeah, our top guy is? In nature, whatever team you're on that's been going on since the beginning like yeah the jefferson adams tirades that were going on in like the second and third elections were yeah i mean that that's that's been since the beginning that's just built into our system well we want to make america great again i have when okay what at what point do you want to go back to? Where do we want to go to? Is it was it the fifties? Was that uh, when you want to make it to great? Whenever, whoever the, saying that was like ten to fifteen years old and when they were still naive and didn't kids. know didn't yeah, yeah, didn't know the exactly. whole everything going on in you the world. Go back to the time of ignorance. Okay. Yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense because all the golden eras we side to in America, like politically things may have been better, but then they weren't so great for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Say if you were I don't know a woman or black. Right. Uh, <laughs> it, 
you, the, there's a very small amount of time that you can go or, back to where things were better. Or God help you, gay, good. yeah. But it's, we have a okay. We want to go back to a certain point. We want to go back to the. We want, <laughs> let's go back to the fifties. That's when everything was so good, and we think everything was leave it to Beaver. You realize that the highest tax rate at that point was ninety five percent, right? Yeah. No, nobody paid that. Nobody paid that, but. Uh, but see, there you yeah, go. That was that's official. What, what did the, the car cost official. relative to what people that's, made, Tony? I mean, it's, there's a lot of yeah. That's there's the, a lot of things that were better in the. 50s. It was possible yeah. for a man to to what? be the sole source of income and have a yeah. work a blue collar job. I would say on average, and have a decent home and a vehicle and yeah. food for his so, family. So, so the bad part was when we started letting them women get out of the kitchen and start working. That that's that drove up the cost of living for everything. Yeah, up. that's possible. Uh, well. Yeah, because the whole the whole dual income we did, we couple doubled thing. the workforce, yeah. which means there were more people in the workforce, which means supply and demand. We can pay you less now. So your vision of making America better is get the women back in the kitchen and nah, Tony's the, talking about that, that water basic income nonsense and whatnot. He's he's really far out there. He's, no, he's, no, 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 no. I'm just saying there's never been a time in this country when there wasn't a certain group. It depends on what group you ask. Absolutely. You know, if it, you're if you're a white man, the farther you go back, the better it gets. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's just the way it is. But. Yeah. If you're a I mean, white you businessman like myself, you you as a white man, you opine for the Roaring Twenties or the Industrial Revolution, or yeah, right. You don't you don't see black women in that line saying, "Let's go back to the yeah. 40s and 50s." No. I didn't want to go to that cafe anyway. <laughs> right. I didn't want to drink out of right. that water fountain anyway. I didn't want it's, to sit in the front of the bus. Yeah. So there's just, I, I, I guess to me, there's a lot of hypocrisy on both sides that. Uh, you know, I, I don't like the trade agreements, and Donald's against the trade agreements. Hillary's that, for, that alone, for the trade. That alone makes him the better candidate. That, like, that's, that's from my from my thing. perspective, like Jerry John, Jerry John, I'm a Johnson guy. Yeah. We all know this. But if I had to pick between Trump and Clinton and, and state a reason why the stance on on globalism and the trade agreements would would be what pushed me over the edge. Like I could deal with all of his other stuff and being an embarrassment and the spray tans and all other problems with Donald Trump. If I actually believed he was going to push back against the Trans-Pacific Partnership and NAFTA and the World Trade Organization uh, and all of the, that. yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, just, that's Like that stuff, That that's the real danger. It's not putting a Democrat or a Socialist or whatever in office. It's this, this globalist thing that we're doing that, that really frightens me. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Brits figured that out. They just backed out of the EU for that same reason, like giving up national sovereignty and being beholden to institutions on very far away from you who know nothing about you. Right. But then he scares me to death when he starts saying, "Well, we're not gonna we're not gonna protect our NATO partners." You start saying you're not going to protect our NATO partners. Now you've got other countries saying, "Hey, if I'm going to go ahead and invade this country because they're not going, well, America's not going to step in." Well, you start, you start now. You're starting to go toward but, World War Three. But the libertarian in me, like, opines for the days when that was U.S. foreign policy, which was we didn't meddle in everyone else's affairs. That's just not what we did. I like that. We, we you walk softly and carry a big stick. Right. So we didn't meddle in other people's business. If someone screwed with us, we were going to obliterate you, and then we we're going to go home and forget about it. Lincoln, like that's, yeah, that, no, Lincoln. It's a very, it's a very bad example. <laughs> no, that was that. his. That was his walks off the carry. No, that was Roosevelt. Roosevelt was the first. Teddy Roosevelt, the first Roosevelt. And I tell you what, Teddy Roosevelt was a pretty cool president for the most part. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like Eisenhower. I'm an Eisenhower. He kind of started yeah. that whole "we got to be the police force of the world" idea, though. That's yeah. That's 
that was a dangerous path to go down. So I, I mean, there, there's sometimes like you know, you Nazi Germany would have been something worth being involved in. When I grew up, but when I was young, I'm 53 years old. When I was young, and and I don't know, we we've kind of lost an innocence, okay? But I believed at that point, like every older generation, and, and maybe that that's probably true. But I remember at one point when I thought we thought that doctors were just all that, and as you get older, you realize right. that doctors aren't all that. No, they're just uh, you know our space program and just different things. As you get older, you start realizing you know nobody what? knows what the hell they're doing. Exactly. Basically. Once you once your eyes are opened, once you've seen the light, and I think that's the problem right now is the baby boomer boomer generations is getting to that point. We're starting yeah. to say, oh, all the stuff that we thought wasn't, and so now we're opining for the times. When we were more naive, now did you? And when America was great, did you ever when see America that? Was great yeah. when yeah. we were dumber, basically. Did you ever see yeah. that YouTube? So, but but that's thing. a generational thing, though. Do you think so? The next <laughs> yeah. generation is going to yeah, do the same, gonna thing. the same thing. Yeah. There was a, a YouTube video where they did these interviews, and they they it, it was like five years apart, and they did these short little clips from different people, starting at uh, five years old and then working their way up, and they were giving life advice to the people coming behind them or whatever. So the five-year-old was talking about, you know, you should always clean up your room, and yada, yada, yada. And then the ten-year-old, and then it went on. And everybody had, like, this this increasingly enlightened-sounding life advice as they went up each age demographic. Finally, at the end, they got to some really crusty old dude. He was, like, 110 was where it ended. And his his wasn't, like, the full 30 seconds. He just said, just do what makes you happy because nobody knows what the hell they're doing. <laughs> and He's right. And I was like, that's the wisdom you acquire in 110 that's, that's years of being is, alive. true wisdom is what that is, is right there. Stop trying to please people. Do right. what makes you happy right, because right. no one knows well, what they're doing. You kind of touched on it a little bit when you first came into Lodge. And you look around, and you think that the master is just almost all-knowing. You know, yeah. this guy's no, really that's, that's, something. I was like, wow, this dude's and, running the Lodge. And then all, you look this around. Lodge and some has of these stuff together. Yeah. But then as you learn more, mm-hmm. you realize it may not have just been Harlan. It may have been the fact that you were naive. You and, were and that's exactly it. There was a lot of stuff that was happening that didn't happen the way it should have that right. I didn't know. Exactly. I just and so now you've got a lot of people in Lodge that are opining, again, yeah. for back when Lodge was great. Lodge was the way. Right. We didn't right. do it right. that right. way when I was the master. Right. When I was master. Yeah, and so we're, we're looking back. We want we want the good old days, and we don't realize that right now, depending on who you are, are the good old days. And that same guy, 20 years from now, is going to talk about how great it was back in back in the day. Right. That's just kind of... Back when Bruce was master. I was going to say, 20, 30 years from now, me and Harlan will be here. Back when we ran this podcast, we had this lodge under our thumb. and We used and to call that rose-colored glasses. You know, yeah. you got rose-colored glasses <laughs> when you look back. You look back through a different filter than what you're... Anytime you're in it, you don't realize you're making memories, or right. you don't realize right. how right. great things Kids are. In Thirty that's, years. That's, well, using, I mean, that's that whole thing about not knowing what you have. To using gone. their augmented reality nonsense to confer the third degree, so you come to lodge, and then like, <laughs> then like the the second section's like actually happening. Like everybody puts in their contacts or their glasses or whatever, and then then you're like you're you're really there. VR lodge. It's is like back in our day, we we had to we had to do it symbolically. And we liked it. It was deeper and more, more metaphysical. And, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Actually, I never thought of that. That would be great. Like those slide lectures, if it was like that augmented reality thing where it was like actually you're showing them like this is Solomon's Temple and how it was laid out. and That'd be cool as hell. 
Mm. You put on the little thing that you put on your face. You know about those goggles, and you look your around. And, well, I'm yeah. thinking in like 30 years, it won't be like the huge contraption and whatnot. It'll there's be, a Pokemon. I was going to say it's exactly like <laughs> yeah. Pokemon Go, except instead of there's a Pikachu, <laughs> there's a Deacon. Yeah. There's Hiram. Look at Hiram over well, there. I'm just thinking like that would be. We could do it all from home too. Just plug in. Wouldn't it actually yeah. go to Lodge? There we go. Yeah. Do we so I saw like this for? this thing where this guy's building like these. Like, you build this glass pyramid, and you put a display under it, and you, it, that's how you can do, like, a hologram. It's it's like a DIY hologram system. I wonder if I, I got out Blender and did some 3D modeling. That would be a cool, like, educational thing to do at the lodge. Somebody could do, like, a replica of Solomon's Temple and, like, a hologram. And I mean, That's pretty neat. Let me see if idea. I can put that together. That would be... That'd be pretty cool to have it out in the center of the lodge, and then like you're turning it and like zooming in on but things. But what if somebody? How, how would you tile that? Well, because no, you're if you're you doing it. Link you can get into that can be hacked than no, anybody. You're, you're doing it in the lodge, like you're just doing. Yeah. Stuff. He's, he's trying to work. Yeah. Topic. Well, so you would have a tiler. I, I thought we weren't going to do topics today. Yeah, I wasn't that big on it. Uh, mostly the stuff from Reddit this week's like where can I buy red or rod tops for the deacons and mm-hmm. the stewards and, and, and can women join Freemasonry? Right. JP Luther and no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a show. <laughs> Good show, fellas. What's the difference uh, between a tiled lodge? Sometimes I get confused. What like you have a tiled lodge and then you have this open meeting, but it's actually a tiled lodge. It's. Mm-hmm. What is? But nobody's allowed to pass or repass without the master's special permission. So you can't say nobody because some people just walk in and out, in and out yeah, during an but, open installation. But and during the open installation, the master has given that special permission to everyone that's here. So, so the tiler just lets them. To everybody has a tile. Yeah. And at well, least because the the tiler's still still here, and he's not letting anybody pass or repass that uh, the master didn't say he could. But it's just said everybody. yes, but it's still tiled. <laughs> because then, when it's over, and you got to go on with the other things that you have to do that night, like then, you know that that passport is revoked, and uh, the tiler stops letting people in again. And there's always one person, at least one, that will give the sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Usually, Bob. In an open meeting, somebody will always stand up, and then you'll then they'll catch themselves. And they just kind of like oh, stretch or yeah. something, you know. And it wouldn't be a big deal. Like that's never a big deal when someone does it, except then everyone makes a big deal out yeah, of it and calls it attention out. to it. Nobody would have known they did that except for everybody pointing it out. Yes, and it, it. I tried to coach everybody before every installation. Like if someone does it, just pretend you didn't notice, and no one will notice, and everything will be fine. But no, as soon as it happens, oh my god, oh my god, that's the. And it's worse when it's a younger person, like, oh god, I can't believe I just did that. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, instead of just just sitting down. That's one advice. If you're ever in the chair and you're given a degree, if you mess up, just go with it. Don't point out your mistake because then everybody is focused on the mistake. Well, there's exceptions to that. Sometimes it's helpful to point out that you messed up. Like when I took my fellow craft degree, uh, our our navy man was conferring the degree and we were uh we were at a certain part in the degree and he starts doing the master mason degree instead and then he stopped and said oh i think i got you on the wrong degree let's try that again and that was actually helpful for the 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 guy taking the degree to know that like okay that that's the i feel better now because that made no sense at all what he was just saying 
Uh, but generally, yeah, they will know the difference if you just skip the word or something. And you yeah, just roll with it. Don't mm-hmm. keep don't keep apologizing. Oh, I'm sorry, I messed up. I'm sorry, I messed up. Just do just it all the time. If anybody ever follows me along in a book when I'm doing ritual work, you might see that I'm somewhat less than ritually proficient. It just doesn't seem that way because I just uh, you know fake it's, it till you make it. It's, it's a uh, confidence. Yeah. Right? It's if you sound like you knew what you were supposed to be doing, then everyone just assumes. And if they think you were wrong, you do it confidently enough. Some guys are like, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> well, if you do it like Trump, just deny you ever did yeah. it. <laughs> well, there's that too. <laughs> well, I, no, I didn't do that. That's not what I did. Yeah, that's never worked <laughs> for me here, but no, I still try. No. So, uh, yeah, we're. Uh, do you think there's any difference? I mean, say Freemasonry. A lot of guys right now um, that are that are of age. Yeah. And they talk about how we used to do it. Do you, do you think it's changed, that masonry has changed that much? Or well, are we I still doing the same thing? Three years I I feel like it has, it depends on what time frame you're talking I was gonna about. Say, are, are you talking about five, ten years ago? Are you talking about like back when the Yeah, when, when you say then, I guess I, I divide my, my lodge history speculation between like pre and post world wars. Yeah. Like that's that's how I tend to look at it. If you go to the Grand Lodge Library, I, w- I went over there a couple of times, uh, especially the year I was master to pick up stuff. While while I was there, I went down in the archives, and they have some minute books that lodges have turned in or whatever. And you open up those minute books, and they're dusty, and you open them up, and they're you know just really old papers, and they're talking about you know uh, getting the money to pay for the coal, you know, for the furnace, or making sure that we put money. They're talking about all the same stuff, for the yep. most part. Yeah. It's it's the minutes, right. it's the bills. Mm-hmm. It's so I, I don't know. And the ritual has changed slightly, but I, I don't think it's changed that much. I have to assume with each generation that passes, the ritual gets a little simpler. Yeah, just because we kind of accept less than a hundred percent. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I'm I'm trying to say that without being so, insulting. But, but that's why you need the old codger <laughs> and you you need yeah. that well, yeah, the guy that's sure, kind of sure, a prick sure, sure. and everybody gets upset with him. But you kinda need that guy that calls out when you have a small group and it's just, you know, the regulars and mm-hmm. somebody's not doing the work quite right or saying a word wrong and mm-hmm. he'll he'll get up and say, No, you're supposed to do it this way and everybody just kinda rolls their eyes like but you need that guy. I agree. You need but, that I mean, guy. sometimes that guy's not there, and somebody gets brought in, you'll leave maybe two lines out of a part of a degree, and then everybody, especially the newer people doing the degree, get it in their head that that's the way it is, and then from then yep. on, that degree's just done without those two lines. Mm-hmm. And you multiply that out by... That was one thing that really threw me dozens off. Dozens of years. When I first became a master mason and learned the obligation, learned the different things, and then I traveled to some other lodges... And I seen a degree done, or, and, and I noticed that the words in the obligation it was the same words, but they were different words. You know, it's, everybody yeah. does it just a, mm-hmm. and, and, and you go to from one lodge to the next, even in the same district, they do it a little bit different. It's got the same tone to it, but it's a little different. That yeah. really threw me off because I thought we all did it exactly the same. Nope. You know, no. but that's one of the enjoyable parts, I think, because you get to see the the catechism history. And you can tell a lot about that lodge and just by yeah, sitting through there's, its, there's its degree work. I, I would say that's the one nice thing about standardized ritual is some of that gets preserved. That hmm. may not happen otherwise. Yes. Uh, my issue with, with the standardized ritual is not... I like the idea and concept, 
Really? What I don't like is that that centralizes control at the Grand Lodge. Yeah. Ritual is what they say it is, mm-hmm. and then that allows a future cadre of, of Grand Lodge Oompa Loompas to say, oh, this is offensive, or I don't like this, sure. or we're going to change this, and then it... Uh, I'm, I'm part of the Scottish Rite, and we've been living through that uh, over the past decade with the Supreme Council like redacting the ritual to try mm-hmm. to make things a little simpler and more streamlined and so on. But at the same time, removing elements that may have been misunderstood or offensive to new members. And some of those elements are the most important parts of those degrees that yeah. got taken out. And so it scares me that that, that kind of control can be had by the Grand Lodge because now that I've been more involved with the Grand Lodge process for a while, I see how that all works and how our leaders end up where they are. And it is very possible for in the near future somebody to be there and have control over our ritual that you wouldn't want to have that. And so that's why I fight standardized ritual. Not because I don't think we shouldn't all be on the same page. That is a benefit. I, I do love the idea concept that we're all doing the same thing, all working out of the same playbook. Like there's a standard to follow. I like that idea. I just don't like the idea that it's the grand logic gets to set that standard. That's. But if you travel from one grand lodge to the other, and certain grand lodges where their aprons different yes. in the master mason, like in Ohio where they do it wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, but then you go to travel to there, and you attend that lodge. Then a lot of people in that district or that grand lodge are going to be like well this is this guy really a master mason because he doesn't look like he knows what he's doing right and unless they know what state you're from and how you do it in your state mm-hmm. and so sometimes i can but that's that's almost like uh you know visiting a different country there's different customs and systems of etiquette and so on that you have to observe from both sides like you have to recognize this guy's from somewhere else and that guy has to recognize he is somewhere else and you learn a little bit in the process. Hmm. Different countries, like Tajikistan. Yeah. There was a question on Reddit this they have week. A very interesting. Well, there's a question on Reddit this week is why there are not more young Masons. I think there's two reasons, two things with that. One, it depends on what lodge you're going to. You go sure. to some lodges and there's nobody there under the age of 60. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the 60 year old is the spring chicken. Um, but you go to other lodges, and there's plenty of young people. So that's just that's just a, lo- a localized thing. It yeah. depends on. I where mean, I you're wouldn't say it's necessarily lodge specific. I would say in general that the average age is increasing. But um, you know, I, this is a topic we've talked about a lot. I think there's two things happening where, like the in a lot of places, the average age of Freemasons continues to climb. But the average age of active and involved Freemasons almost feels like it's falling. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I mean, I couldn't even. I, I don't like. I see our lodge. Yeah, our lodge has a lot of. It's just my people, perspective that's, that's from like right. this area of our state. Uh, a lot of lodges don't have as many younger guys as we have here in ours, but their active, involved membership seems well, to be getting younger every year. We've seen that happen here recently in our lodge, that we yeah. had a guy that always put the degree team together. And so every year, his age is increasing. So, yeah, the average right. age of our degree team captain is, right. is getting right. older and older. But he just handed that off to a fairly young fella. Yeah. And so all of a sudden now, Very the, young. The, the, the average age just went from... 
70 to 30, mm-hmm. you know, for that position. I think he's like 26 or something. Right. Yeah, right. He's, and so you, you see that happening, but then somebody young steps up finally or... So it depends on what where you're at in yeah. that cycle, too. Depends on where you're at, what state you're in. But I, I also think it's very important that the older Masons pass that on, that hand that over. Don't try to, you know, I've been doing this for years and this is my thing. Right. You, it, you have to kind of understand that you're not going to be around forever and make sure that you pass that knowledge on. Yeah. I think different states are different. about Like, I read a lot of stuff about California having this whole resurgence of Freemasonry or amongst the 20 to 40 demographic, and that's uh, that's all stuff I've read from, like, news outlets out there. So I, I haven't seen it firsthand, but... I think, but I do think the other thing is, though, you say there's two things. I think there's another thing, too, though, is that you don't see as much civic involvement among the population in general. You don't see as many Ruitin club members. You don't see as many Moose Lodge members. You don't, because there's so many things. At one time, you kind of picked something, and that was your thing, you know. There's so many things to do now, and people are more internally focused, yeah. that it's our job to keep that flame yeah, I think that speaks to society as a whole, though. Just the, like the individual person is more separated from each other. Just this because is technology is so widely available. Everybody's got the cell phones and, you know, the internet's got everything you need. The social interaction in general is declining. This is a very weird podcast to me because we're like all being serious and talking. Mm-hmm. This is weird to me. I, we, I need to go off the deep end here. Jokey McJesterton over here. Yeah. But you wouldn't have thought that he, that the name that we won't speak of is. is <laughs> you shall not be named. <laughs> you wouldn't have thought that he was the jokey. He's, he, no. No. This is, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be serious because Jason's not here and I don't get to be the angry chap. And this is. I'm, I'm about ready to bust. I, I, I don't think it's him that's joking. I think it's his yelling that causes you to. to I don't have anybody in, to troll. I yeah. don't have anybody to troll. Right. Well, I mean, so, you have Bruce. Yeah, but no, me and Tony don't do that. We're you guys bonded now. I guess Bruce always thought I was the total troll because Jason. We learned a lot about each other. Jason always fair enough convinced Bruce that I was nothing but a troll, and so anytime I would anytime I would try to talk to Jay uh, to Bruce. He wouldn't believe anything I said. Well, because that's also, you, Tony, because like my first ten interactions with you were all you trolling me, like no drinks in the lodge room and oh, all that, that stuff that was you just said a to little... me before I was even raised. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like At that point, when you started to be that's, serious towards me, 100% of my knowledge about you was doing stuff like that. But that's also a very light hazing process that uh, I think I new mean, members no, go through. Though. That, that yeah, it wasn't me fine. trying to troll no, you. No, no, it was just a little... Okay. Yes. Right. I'm glad we. Me and Bruce got there, are good now. Yeah. We're good. So we're all. Uh, I would, but I would do something like I'd say, "Hey, you're looking good today, Bruce. Or you looks like you've lost a lot of weight." Or, "Hey, Bruce, you know, I really like what you." And, and you would just look at me like, mm-hmm. "Okay, when's the other shoe going to fall? Yes, where, where are you going with this?" At, at and that there point was in time, nothing. Ninety percent of what you said to me had been a lie before, so I'm but just I, I'm playing the odds, Tony. But when I would try to build you up, well, and I would try to be, yeah, so. So we're past that now, right? Uh, mostly. No, kind of mostly. Well, you're, I think you're down to about fifty-fifty. Okay, good. Guess we're uh, Time hoping talk. that uh, Jason gets to feeling better, considering he's been deathly ill for like a month now, at least. Yeah. Um, Here, I thought you were the one that was always sick. Well, most of the stuff that gets caricatured of me on the show is is really Jason projecting. Yes, onto there me. Is a lot of that. 
Um, so the yeah. Well, what do you being think about being sick and complaining and what do you think about that, the revelation that just yeah. came out that the DNC was against Bernie because they were worried about his religion? Uh, Have you heard any of that yet? They weren't worried about his religion. They were asking how they could use that to further take him back. Which okay. none of it's none of it's surprising that the DNC was trying to shut down Sanders. I thought that was obvious to everybody well, see, that, when the campaign was happening. A big deal about this, and I'm thinking, yeah, that's what they were doing. I mean, yeah, that they was were trying to undercut him like that. We all knew that. I don't know why we needed emails to tell us that. Not news. Yeah, I mean, it was very obvious the whole campaign season that his party was working against them. So, uh, yeah, but here's to another week, and we'll see what happens in the. DNC coming up this week? Yes. That's what I thought. That would yes. be fun and exciting. That is going to be the boringest convention. <laughs> so, I really wanted to weave together a YouTube thing, and I just don't have the time to mess with YouTube. Like, the convention at the end, when Trump did his acceptance speech, and then, like, the balloons start falling from the ceiling, and people are cheering and crying, and, like, there are tears, and everything's great, and everything's going to be okay now, and, like, it's, it's all good, we're changing direction, and it's four years ago, a candidate made an acceptance speech, balloons fell from the sky, people were crying and cheering and talking about how things are different now and everything's going to be better and we're going to save America. And Four years before that, guy made an acceptance speech and balloons fell from the sky and people are crying and cheering and talking about how this is it and we're going to save America. And it's <laughs> When did balloons take such a big place in politics in this country? I don't know. I mean, if you don't have balloons, just you can't as far them. back as I oh, can remember, like yeah. the the convention, the candidate makes the, <clears throat> the acceptance speech, and everybody's talking about how this is this is the time now. Everything's different, and we're going to fix everything. And one thing we're so killed. happy, and when he came out with the smoke and the screen and all that, and that one time he came out, I'm like, really? Come on, people! This He's is a not, magician, but this is not like WWE. This is actually, if you've ever seen this, Idiocracy, exactly, that's uh, very similar. That's where we're headed. Supreme, actually. I was trying to download because I wanted to watch that movie again. If you haven't had a chance, watch Idiocracy. That is a fan, awesome movie. Well, it was it was a lot more funny when it came out. It's getting less (laughs) funny. Now now it's a documentary. Yeah, it's getting less funny as more and more little things from that movie start becoming reality. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Well, uh, I guess we'll. Bruce has got to go play some tennis, and uh, I think he's going to teach Tony how to play tennis. So. We'll call it a week. Anybody got any uh, any last words before we play out with uh, some song that uh, Jason's going to absolutely hate? I don't know what it is yet, but uh, we'll, we'll put it in. We'll figure it out. Jason, I hope you get to feeling better. Um, we may need to talk about some lifestyle changes. Um, we may need to, I may have to sit See, you down and do an angry traveling intervention. He understands like, that that's going to kill him. He just he doesn't care. He's, mm-hmm. he's still going to do it. Yep. Uh, I told him not to breathe in the dirt when he bows down to worship it, but it's part of that ritual, you know. You gotta waft it in. Yeah, it has the mushroom residue in it, and it's some kind of spores. I I think is is what it is. They grow on the sunny side of that hilltop. Mm -hmm. He has to go collect them, you know. Mm. But Jason, we're all thinking about you. We hope you get to feeling better. Tony's thinking about you, Jason. I'm I'm thinking about you. I'm putting you on the prayer list. So yeah, yeah. So. On that note, we will come to a close of episode 134 of the After Lodge podcast. You can find the show notes for this or any previously published episode at www.afterlodge.com. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at After Lodge. Shoot us an email at afterlodge@gmail.com. 
We have an IRC channel, which I'm not going to talk about this week because those guys wanted to give me grief. So there goes your free advertising. I'm going to start my own channel with, with rabbits instead of ducks. How about that? And, uh, of course, the best place to find us, as always, is on the uh, Freemasonry and After Lodge subreddits. So come get on Reddit and uh, downvote us all to oblivion. Yep. See you next week, brothers. Later. See you next week. I know you probably hear this every day, but I'm your biggest fan. I even got the underground stuff that you did with scam. I got a room full of your posters and your pictures, man. I like the stuff you did with rockets, too. That's bad. Anyways, I hope you get this, man. Hit me back. This is the chat. Truly yours, your biggest fan. This is Stan. The gone cold and wondering why I got out of bed at all. The morning rain clapped up my window. Oh, I can't see it all. And even if I could, it would all be great. On my wall, it reminds me that it's not so bad, not so bad. This limb, you still ain't called a rope. I hope you have a chance. I ain't bad. I just think it's messed up. You don't answer fans. If you didn't want to talk to me outside your concert, you don't have to. But you could have signed an autograph for Matthew. That's my little brother, man. He's only six years old. We waited in a blistering cold for you for four hours. You just said no. That's pretty crummy, man. You're like his favorite idol. He wants to be just like you, man. He likes you more than I do. I ain't that man, so I just don't like being lied to. Remember when we met in Timber? You said if I write to you, you would write back. See, I'm just like you in a way. I never knew my father neither. You used to always cheat on my mom and beat her. I can relate to what you're saying in your song. So when I have a crummy day, I drift away and put them on. Cause I don't really got else, so that helps when I'm depressed. I even got a tattoo with your name across the chest. Sometimes I even cut myself to see how much it bleeds. It's like adrenaline. The pain is such a sudden rush for me. See, everything you say is real. And I respect you because you tell it. My girlfriend's jealous because I talk about you 24-7. But she don't know you like I know you slim. No one does. She don't know what it was like for people like us growing up. You gotta call me, man. I'll be the biggest fan you'll ever lose. Sincerely, yours, Stan. Yes, we should be together, too. But you's gone cold, I'm wondering why I got out of bed at all The morning rain clapped up my window And I can't see it all And even if I could, it would all be great But your picture on my wall It reminds me that it's not so fair, not so fair Dear mister, I'm too good to call and write my fans This'll be the last package I ever send your ass. It's been six months and still no bird. I don't deserve it. I know you got my last two letters. I wrote the addresses on them perfect. So this is my cassette I'm sending you. I hope you hear it. I'm in a car right now. I'm doing 90 on the freeway. Hey, Slim, I drank a bit of vodka. You hear me to drive? You know the song by Phil Collins in the air of the night about the guy who couldn't save that other guy from drowning? But then, the Phil saw it all, and then it showed we found him. That's kind of how this is. You could have rescued me from drowning. Now it's too late. I'm on a thousand downers now. I'm drowsy. And all I wanted was a lousy letter or a call. I hope you know I ripped all of your pictures off the wall. I love you, Slim. We could have been together. Think about it. You ruined it now. I hope you go to sleep and you dream about it. And when you dream, I hope you can't sleep and you scream about it. I hope your conscience eats at you and you can't breathe without me. See, Slim? Shut up. Trying to talk. Hey, Slim. That's my girl.
Thought was screaming in the trunk But I just slit her throat I just tied her up See, I ain't like you Cause if she suffocates She'll suffer more Then she'll die too Well, gotta go I'm almost at the bridge now Oh shoot, I forgot How am I supposed to send this tape out? Damn. 